KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Stephen Walker loves craft beer, and he also loves Mexico. We are going to Cerveceria Insurgente, which is a craft brewery in downtown Tijuana in the Zona Rio. Probably one of the better known and better respected craft brewers in the state of Baja, if not all of Mexico. Steven is a 50-something dad with silver hair and a sunglass tan. He's watched the craft beer scene in San Diego blow up over the last decade. It makes sense that this entrepreneur has carved out his own corner of the craft beer market by combining his love of beer with his love of Baja. I didn't see anybody bringing in good craft beer from Mexico, but I saw that they were doing better and better as time went on, especially with the crowd that was coming up here from Tijuana, learning how to brew and taking uh, some of the techniques from Stone and Ballast Point and Green Flash, some of the early breweries in San Diego, and taking their technique back down to south of the border and really doing some very beautiful beers. And I thought there would be a time when import or imported beers and craft beers and my love of Mexico all came together and started a little company to to see if it would work. The time did come, and the company does work. I'm drinking the Lula Pusa, so it seems like it's nice and hoppy, doesn't have too much of a bitter taste. Pretty drinkable. Right now, we are drinking... Piedra Lima. 73 or 73 miles. It's a double IPA. That one's a collaboration between Cardera from Ensenada and Caminari from Tijuana. Ensenada has one called Perro del Cerro. It's a double IPA and it's exceptionally good. I'm Alan Liliental and you're listening to Only Here, a KPBS podcast about art, culture, and life at the Western Hemisphere's busiest border crossing. Today, a story about border hopping beer. Only here will you find a craft beer scene shaped by both sides of the wall. We'll be right back. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Stephen is driving his old, beat-up Ford truck south on the interstate that leads to the port of entry. He's headed to a meeting with the two young brothers who started Insurgente, one of the biggest craft breweries in TJ. Steven's been crossing the border on a weekly basis for most of his adult life. For 12 years, he ran a shellfish farm south of Tijuana. And now, he's working with Mexican breweries. His father was a Spanish teacher, so he says his fondness for Mexican culture was inevitable. Today, Steven slips from San Diego into Mexico in just minutes. Easy. We're in Mexico. We just crossed the border. We didn't go to secondary, which is a win-win. In fact, I'm not even sure I've ever gone to secondary going north to south. 
Um, and we're about a say seven minute drive to along the Zona Rio, which is the the river zone or the commercial zone. A lot of the banking's done downtown to Insurgentes Brewery, which just within the last six months actually opened up a brand new tasting facility. Stevens distribution business, Polaris Beverages, does one thing and one thing only. Crosses Mexican craft beer through the border from Tijuana and Mexicali to San Diego. But that trip from Mexico to San Diego is just part of the beer's cross-border adventure. It all starts with the ingredients. Most of the malts, hops, and yeast being used in Mexican craft beer originates in the U.S. or Europe. Those beer ingredients are either crossed legally or sometimes smuggled illegally through the U.S.-Mexico border. Because look, if you're a little guy and you don't have a ton of money, it's just easier and basically free if you put the bags of hops and malts in your car, drive through the border, and cross your fingers and hope you don't get pulled into secondary inspection. If a brewery is doing it the legal way, there's a ton of paperwork, permits, and taxes involved. And in terms of the flair, the fruits, sugars, chocolate, coffee, and other ingredients that often end up in craft beer, most of those things do come from Mexico. Lots of brewers in Tijuana like to go to Mercado Hidalgo or other local markets where they can buy ingredients in bulk. Mercado Hidalgo is a brewer's dream. Dozens of tiny shops surround an open courtyard. Each one packed with exotic things you just don't see in the U.S. The smells alone are worth a trip. Once a brewer has all the ingredients they need, they brew and bottle their beer. And that's where Stephen comes in. Obviously there are also logistics challenges in getting both the ingredients north to south as well as the beer from south to north. For Stephen, the border crossing process starts with empty kegs in San Diego. He hires a trucking company in San Diego to pick kegs up and take them to Tijuana. So I actually do send the um, kegs. So we do stainless steel 15.5 gallon kegs for keg beer. And I actually do send those south to the breweries because uh, the tradition for exporting has always been using plastic kegs. Plastic kegs is not the most uh, sane thing for the environment. And so we take on a little bit extra cost, but we send stainless steel kegs down to Mexico, not for distribution in Mexico, explicitly to export back to the U.S. for distribution in the U.S. So I do do a little bit of the sending from the U.S. into Mexico, but that's the only piece, and that is very not normal. Then Stephen pays a trucking company in Tijuana to pick up the kegs and fill them with the beer he buys from Insurgente and Cucapa. He also picks up some of the brewery's bottled beer, too. The trucks are pricey because they're refrigerated. Craft beer in particular is um, particularly susceptible to changes in temperatures and light. So to the extent you can keep it in dark areas and cool, the longer the beer will last. 
The refrigerated trucks then have to cross through the commercial port in Otay, a neighborhood a few miles east of downtown Tijuana. But the borderline is an unpredictable beast. The wait at the border has created an entire economy of vendors who wander through the mass of idling cars and trucks, offering their goods to people stuck in line. Sometimes the trucks make it through in just a few hours, but other times it takes days. It's quite frequent that I'll have a truck that gets delayed for a day or two somewhere. I also bring in some beers from farther south in Mexico, from the state of Colima and the state of uh, Jalisco. And those are three-day transit times, which can get held up for any number of reasons. Again, one of the reasons that we try to make sure that we do it in cold chain, especially from the central parts of Mexico. Um, and yeah, you can get detained for two or three days, uh, and a three-day trip can turn into a five- or six-day trip. Or if you happen to hit it on a weekend or a holiday when things get particularly slammed, then uh, it can get delayed. But again, it doesn't really affect anything as long as you're in a refrigerated truck. Once the beer makes it through the bureaucracy and unpredictability of the borderline, Stevens trucks take it to a warehouse in Miramar, a neighborhood north of downtown San Diego. Then a different distribution company in San Diego buys the beer from Steven and eventually picks it up from the warehouse and delivers it to bars, markets, and restaurants across Southern California. And just like that, the cross-border beer adventure is finally over. Our cross-border adventure with Steven is nearly over, too. We are just pulling up in front of the Insurgente Brewery. I honked at Ivan Morales, who is the owner or co-founder of Insurgente. Uh, and we are going to wait because they're delivering propane. And once the propane is delivered, then I'm going to have a parking place. <laughs> Steven has to pay federal and state excise tax on the beer he's importing from Mexico. Plus, the cost of all the logistics of getting cold beer through the border adds up. And on top of that, breweries in Mexico have to pay hefty taxes to make and sell beer in the first place. All of this means that by the time Tijuana Craft Beer ends up in San Diego, it's expensive. By the time it gets across to the other side, I'm competing with, you know, you go to Vons or whatever and you see stone and... Ballast Point and Green Flash on at $9.99 a six-pack. Under the best of circumstances, we're $11.99 or $12.99 a six-pack just because of the pricing that goes into it. So people have to actually want to drink our beer at $2 more, $3 more a six-pack. So Mexican craft beer is pricey if you buy it in the U.S. But Steven says some of the beer, especially an IPA brewed by Insurgente, is so good the higher price point doesn't kill its popularity. And I'll run out and have people screaming, why had you run out already? Steven parks his truck and walks through Insurgentes Brewery, which is bustling with beer-making activity. Today, he wants to talk to the brothers behind Insurgente about expanding their beer business even more. Time for a quick break. 
When we come back, how the two young brothers behind Insurgente went from a tiny garage in Chula Vista to a sprawling brewery and tasting room in downtown Tijuana. Stay tuned. Hello, podcast listener. Full disclosure, I'm going to make some assumptions about you. This probably isn't the only podcast you enjoy. Blink if I'm right. (laughs) It's probably not the only thing you watch or listen to on KPBS either. If I'm right about that, then I'm guessing you make it a point to check in on a regular basis to see what's new, take in the latest and greatest, and then you go back to your daily life until we happily come together again. We're sort of like a virtual buffet. When you're hungry for information and entertainment, you go to KPBS and want to eat, uh, consume all you can, right? Well, you should know that when you become a member of KPBS, you're keeping the entire TV, radio, and online trays full of fresh ideas, like the tasty podcast you're enjoying right now. Help feed your appetite for KPBS. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. Thank you. Trends in American craft beer become trends in Mexican craft beer, too. And hazy IPAs are hot right now. Here at Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, the brewing team is hard at work brewing the finest craft beers in the world. But something mysterious is afoot, spreading through every inch of the brewery. The haze craze. Hazies are unfiltered IPA-style beers purposely left murky with yeast and other ingredients normally filtered out during the brewing process. They're the kind of thing you either totally love or totally hate. It's so hazy. It sure is, Billy. When Steven shows up to his meeting with Ivan and Damian Morales, the two brothers behind Insurgente, the first thing they do is offer him their new hazy. Salud. We're sitting on the rooftop patio of their tasting room, with views of downtown Tijuana's skyline surrounding us. This is our uh, latest release. This is our first um, hazy IPA we've done. Uh, we decided to do it because we just uh, we did a collaboration with a winery from Valle de Guadalupe called Vinos Plata, and this is 25% uh, Chardonnay uh, in the spear. So we uh, we drove down. The same morning we brewed it, uh, picked up about 500 liters of Chardonnay, the fresh, fresh uh, pressed grape, I guess. Um, and that same day, an hour and a half later, we were putting it into the tank along with the, uh, with the wort. So, uh, I would love to try it. It's got plenty of head. Yes, we, we haven't even tapped it yet, actually. Mm. Uh, we, they're just kicking off now. We're going to tap it later today. Oh, wow. That's funny. It's got a it's little got bit of stringish heat to yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. From the wine. Yeah. That's crazy. Steven and the brothers have been working together since 2015. He's the guy who introduced their Mexican craft beer to Southern California. Yeah, when, when I first met the, the boys, they uh, had moved to the facility here in Tijuana. It was very small. Even though they had a 15-barrel system, it was not close to being, I think, not even a third uh, of their capacity was being used. Um, but they were being recognized for making some incredibly good beers. Insurgente turned nine years old in October. If you ask people about craft beer in Tijuana, 
they'll almost always bring up Insurgente and just a few other breweries, giving them most of the credit for kickstarting the craft beer scene in Tijuana. Insurgente started small, literally brewing just a few kegs at a time. But the business has grown exponentially since they first launched. It's been a wild ride too. It's been, we didn't expect any of this at all. I guess we knew we were making good beer from the start, because I guess that was always our thing. Like, we, we never wanted to sacrifice quality. That's Ivan Morales, the younger of the two brothers. Ivan has thick hair and a beard and is a bit more outgoing. Damian is the more reserved of the two. Though they don't look much alike, they have the habit of finishing each other's sentences, so you can tell their brothers who've spent a ton of time together. They both grew up in Tijuana, but cross the border every day for school from kindergarten through high school. Damian got into craft beer first, then got his brother hooked too. It didn't take long before the brothers decided to support their new habit by making the craft beer themselves. They read up on the process, ordered the home brewing supplies online, and used the garage at their mom's house in Chula Vista to brew their first batch. It's not like the brothers were naturals from the start. They drank way too much beer while they brewed their first batch, and no surprise here, it didn't turn out very good. But not too long after that, they made a Belgian double and loved it. It was right then and there that the brothers decided to take a huge leap and start selling beer to their friends in Tijuana. They were still brewing the beer in their mom's garage in the U.S. at the time, then smuggling the beer into TJ to sell it. I don't know what the statute of limitations is on um, on uh, contraband, <laughs> on contraband. But we used to um, we used to bring the beer down yeah, here from contraband into, into Mexico. Yeah. You would you would think it's usually the other way around here. People are scared of taking stuff from here, Tijuana, to San Diego, but we were doing it the opposite way, from San Diego to Tijuana. So we, we were brewing in East Lake for the first maybe year and a half of Insurgente, and bringing the beer down, we, we were bottling, labeling, everything by hand, and then we started selling the first beers in, that we sold were sold at bars here in TJ, and we used to just cross Chupiteria. It was the first place we sold at. Uh, it's on uh, Sexta, one of the first spots to open during the whole hipster craze. And then at Black's, I think, was the second place. Um, both of them are closed now. Ivan and Damian launched Insurgente officially at an Oktoberfest event in Tijuana. They started with a very different profile of beers than they have now. Hefeweizen, English Brown, and other lighter beers, more like the Tecate and Modelo and other Mexican beer that have for so long dominated the beer market across Mexico. But then we, we really sort of assumed that people in Mexico were going to be averse to, to bitterness and hoppiness and, and IPAs in general. Uh, so we went with a sort of very kind of uh, mellow, sort of middle-of-the-road English-style uh, kind of execution in, in the beers. And Damon and I had a little mini keg of a double IPA that we made uh, at that festival. Um, that's just, we were drinking that, but then serving the other stuff. And then somebody saw us pouring some stuff out of the keg, and, and they asked us, like, hey, wh what are you drinking? No, we made a, a little double IPA that just, just for us. And that ended up being the beer that ran out first. Like, the word spread, and then people came up, and, the, and they said, oh, I heard you guys have a double IPA. And, and people came coming, kept coming back and, and asking for it. 
It turns out that Mexican craft beer fans, just like American craft beer fans, like the hoppy stuff. The brothers are hopheads themselves, so after that beer fest, they decided to go big and bold. They hopped up their beers to the max. And now they credit that one little decision with their huge success. It's what set them apart early on. Remember, this was all happening almost a decade ago. Big commercial beer completely dominated the market in Mexico. Even today, the two dominant breweries, Grupo Modelo and Cuauhtémoc Moctezuma, owned respectively by Anheuser-Busch in Belgium and Heineken in Holland, still control most of the Mexican market. We have this duopoly that runs the market in Mexico that had been limiting the entire market to, to just um, lagers and lagers and lagers for forever, right? Uh, and we, we wanted to see IPAs, we wanted to see stouts, we wanted to see sours, saisons, stuff that we like to drink that did not exist over here. So that's why the name and we're like, the idea is like we're insurgents fighting against the tyranny of flavorless beer. But the reason I bring this up is because there, re- there really wasn't any offering at the time when we started. So there wasn't any craft beer scene to speak of, uh, which is why the name, which is why we decided to start doing what, what we did. Um, and it, it's funny because it's, it seems like a lot of people sort of were on that same trip when, when we started because... Shortly before and shortly after us, a lot of breweries started popping up. So the insurgency is working. Yeah. So, but it wasn't like it wasn't thanks to us. It was. It's just like I, I feel like the it was the right time and place for for people to sort of want this and had access to this, for, so that it kind of became a statewide phenomenon. I think. Ivan and Damian started their first tasting room in Plaza Fiesta. Plaza Fiesta is an outdoor mall made up of a bunch of tiny shops connected by snaking alleyways. That spot acted as a de facto incubator in those early days of the emerging craft beer scene in Tijuana. I'm so nostalgic about those days because it it used to be... um, Plaza Fiesta was like filled with craft craft beer tasting rooms and you used to be able to walk out into the hallways with with the beer uh, into the little alleys that uh, Plaza has. So you would walk into like Border Psycho, buy a beer, walk down the, the alley into another tasting room, finish your Border Psycho beer there, order another one, then walk out, go into Insurgente, and like just like kind of bar hop in this sort of enclosed, safe area. Everything was packed all the time. It was just this huge party for the first maybe year and a half. The brothers recently opened a big new tasting room at their brewery in downtown Tijuana. They also finally closed that tasting room in Plaza Fiesta and are now preparing to open a new tasting room on Revolución, the main thoroughfare in the heart of Tijuana. In other words, Insurgente is growing fast. Ivan and Damian credit the border with building their beer business. They say Tijuana's proximity to San Diego, often called the craft beer capital of the world, ignited and continues to drive the Baja craft beer scene. 
San Diego craft beer has long made its way to beer drinkers in Tijuana. Bottles, cans, and even kegs are often smuggled through the border in cars and backpacks, then shared amongst friends. Initially, we were exposed to the, the craft beer scene in California, which is, which is what sort of helped to detonate all of this. But now our craft scene is, is excellent, too. So we are constantly exposed to great beer, uh, both like locally in Tijuana, in Baja in general, and, and right across the border, right? So we, we are surrounded by great beer all the time. So obviously that just kind of like compounds on itself to create better and better and better beer. So that, I think, is what... So San Diego had a big like its caliber of beer in the beginning, like had a lot to do with like Absolutely. opening up Tijuana's eyes. Like, oh, whoa, we can had everything to do with it. A lot of the people that started beers down here were people that were drinking on the other side, and then decided to start either on the other side and then bring it down here or start down here. One of the most obvious cross-border connections is the dozens of craft beer collaborations Insurgente has done with breweries across San Diego. They've made beers with Stone. Green Flash, Modern Times, and other big-name brands. And they often get asked by San Diego brewers to take them to Mercado Hidalgo so they can try different Mexican fruits and other ingredients that might end up in their San Diego beers. Insurgente beers were on top recently at Beer Without Borders, an annual tasting event in San Diego that only serves Mexican craft beer. Dozens of people crowded into Machete, a beer bar in National City, a city south of downtown San Diego, for the event. Some of the beers are recent award winners at Cerveza Mexico, the biggest professional craft beer competition held every year in Mexico City. We have Ludica, which is from Tijuana. They just won the small brewery of the year in Mexico. And we also have Winlet. They're from Ensenada, and they won um, the best brewery in Mexico, like large brewery in Mexico. So we have some award winners on the board, um, and they're all delicious. It's a good festival, and it's a good way to experience beers we don't ordinarily get in San Diego. That's Bill Snyder, an Insurgente fan and owner of Chow Travel, a tour company that takes fellow craft beer superfans on brew tours in Europe. He's a big fan of Insurgente and Mexico's growing craft beer scene. Beers um, from Mexico have become you know, peers of San Diego high quality beer. And Insurgente, beers from Tijuana, Mexicali, you know, um, Valle de Guadalupe, and all quite important beers that are quite comparable and equal, if not more, to San Diego beers. And also the people who run this place make it a community for everyone. Those people, the owners of Machete, are Eddie Trejo and Joan Cornejo. Their family ties to Mexico and love of craft beer spurred them to open the beer bar and also inspire the mural painted on one of the walls. The machete, it's, it's an instrument, it's a tool in agriculture, which obviously goes hand in hand with beer making. So like if you look at the mural and you see that the woman holding the machete and they're harvesting hops and grains, it's kind of goes full circle to what kind of what we're doing here and serving beer and where we come from as well being like working class instrument of the people. Eddie met Ivan and Damian in the early years of Insurgente. After he and Joanne opened Machete in 2015, the first Insurgente beer on tap was Lupulosa. 
It's an IPA. It's it's the same one they brew today. It's their like staple beer. Yeah, it's one of their flagships. It's really good. Super hoppy, West Coasty. There, there's a perfect example again of like the duality. Like, cause they're much like me, like where they grew up on both sides of the border. Eddie and Joanne traveled down to Mexico often and have gotten to know many breweries over the years. Just like Steven and the Insurgente brothers, they share a lot of the same headaches when it comes to getting beer across the border. But they think it's definitely worth it. Yeah, sharing Mexico's craft beer with San Diego, it's, it's awesome. Um, and not only because it's just more beer for people to try it, but because it's, it's my home, you know? Back at Insurgente in Tijuana, Ivan says the border hasn't stunted the growth of craft beer. If anything, it's strengthened it. Beer kind of doesn't respect any border to, to speak of, right? It's just, it, it's, we are influenced by San Diego brewers and now the fact that, that Baja has a scene um, sort of helps return the favor in, in, in some way. Maybe, like I was saying, maybe not to the same scale or proportion that they influenced us at, in the beginning. But yeah, like these collaborations are happening and, and, and now the sort of the, the loop is closed and, and, and it doesn't matter if that border is there or not, like you know the, the, the creativity I guess is flowing both ways. Hey, just a quick update here. We went back to Insurgente after this episode was mostly done to record more sound from the brewery, and we were shocked when we got there and saw it was closed. The doors were sealed with a notice from the state government, which says the brewery doesn't have the right permits. Ivan and Damian say they do have the right permits they need. They say they're working with the government to get the brewery back up and running. We'll stay in touch with the brothers and let y'all know what happens. In the meantime, there's still contract brewing at other places. Next time on the podcast, we kick off a new series of episodes focused on border art. Leading things off is Marcos Ramirez R, a Tijuana artist who's been called the godfather of border art. When I was growing up, my father had a property right next to the border. There was his property, the street, and then the fence. And there was no fence. So that when I was growing up, the, the whole thing about the border was growing up with me too. Only here will you find artists making art about the border, art on the border, or sometimes both. Only Here is a KPBS podcast hosted by me, Alan Lilienthal. It was written and produced by Kinsey Moreland. Emily Jankowski is the director of sound design. Lisa Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is the director of programming. Eric Anderson helped edit the script. KPBS podcasts like Only Here take a ton of work and time. Help us keep them coming. Go to kpbs.org to make a donation or become a member today. 
Thank you.